One of the great joys for me as a deeply spiritual woman is my resonance with God in everyone and everything, including within the humility of my own heart and soul and being. What I find is my relationship with God encounters grace at every breath and moment, everywhere and everyone. And the, the unmitigated joy of this splendor is such a blessing to me. He, she, that great one shows me horrific things and beautiful things. And in my heart and soul, my relationship with God is to be a living answer to that experience of him or her or that, or for a secular humanist, just the universe, through everything and everyone, every moment, every breath, as long as I'm blessed to be given life. Most of the questions that crossed my desk since I was quite young and, and early high school, actually, I would have a mathematics teacher or history teacher with a question, and I would be aware, I'm, I'm, I'm only a sophomore, a 14-year-old young woman in a classroom. How is this middle-aged man asking me such a brilliant question? And then that teacher and I would configure the answer. It was not just him or me. It was something universal, yet shared, collective. The beautiful phrase from Jesus, attributed to Jesus, there were two or more gathered, so am I. And yet I was there as this young woman. And then it would happen again and again and again and again. And I would find myself trying to flee from it, trying to go into a solitude of simply myself, not for selfishness, but really more for conceptualizing the woman, the human being I was to become. And I've told many times the story of coming into a large town on the Yukon River, just above the Arctic Circle, Fort Yukon, to commence a summer of working with programs for youth and two young women being with me. We were, I, I was a junior in college. I was 19 to 20 years of age. We were left with all of our equipment for a, a six-week period to go into to this village and then a very small village uh, several hundred miles away. And we were left at the airstrip and way above the village and no one was there. And the other two women became frightened. What if a grizzly bear comes? What if something happens? And I had an experience of just the enormity of the universe, of earth, of this resplendent plateau on the Yukon high grounds up in the very central part of, central to eastern part of Alaska, and that there was no control, so to speak. God was the creator. The creation was universal. I was there with collectives, my parents' prayers and wishes in the northeastern United States, the eastern seaboard, my siblings, uh, 
one younger, two, one older, two younger than myself, the two women who were to work with me. And I was also aware of the collective of the village, and I turned and said, they're coming, they're, they're coming. How do you know they're coming? What if they don't come? I said, they're coming. How do you know they're coming? I could experience them coming. I could experience the place in which the men who were coming to gather us were part of God, children of God. And in the universal principle of the entire human race, we are all seeds of that great tree of life that is, let's say, the human race. We could call the great tree of life the force of the earth. We could call the great tree of life the seas of the earth or the Milky Way or the stars of the heavens. No matter how brilliant we are, we cannot ascertain the form, the intimacy, and the vastness of that tree. And yet we attempt to say, it's my tree, it's my universe. You know, I know from my history how to control this so that I will know what to do in the next moment. I would utilize from ways I've been trained by my family and my mentors, my teachers. We can study discernment so that one's consciousness and one's loving heart and one's human life line up to configure the best map of a wise and sober or solemn life, a profound life, a life of gravitas. We can line up and call that virtue and face the present moment into the future with that aligned virtue. And I promise you, in the very next moment, in your breath, the great mystery that the Northern Plains Native American tribes of North America would call God, Wakatanka, the great mystery. That quality is right there. You are of that. I am of that. And the universality of that is ecstatic and innocent and pure and real. And there is nothing any of us can do to control it we can rather realize to be of it and to configure the best individual we are capable of being every moment as we meet that vastness, that oneness, that cosmic principle that is truly universal and bow to it. And when we do this with one another, something happens where it begins to act among us. We call that principle grace in many traditions. And then the question becomes, what are you going to do? And what am I going to do? And then the next question becomes, what are we going to do? So that it is not only your enlightenment or my enlightenment or your wisdom or my wisdom or the fruit you pick from the tree of life, or the seed I plant of the tree of life. But it is rather that out of that universal grace, you and I exist, and we bow to that principle that is cosmic, so that we acknowledge, may this act through you and through me, 
so that you and I, as we entrust ourselves to that, and then the collective relationship between us also begins to be enlightened. That's the path. Always has been. Always shall be. So my own experience of humanity has been the chaos we enter because we do not tend to represent adequate discernment from our history to help you and me and everyone in who and what we are becoming in the present moment into the next moment. And therefore we stumble and we immediately cut off God to be in control of the present moment to the next moment to win. I want more money. I want more power. I want more than you have. I want my child to succeed more than yours. I want yours to succeed, but mine to succeed more. I might deeply ask the question, why would you want that? Well, because. Because of because I would ask, because why? Well, because someone will win and someone will lose, or someone will die and someone will live. That's not really true. So when we study the scars of warfare <clears throat> and of failure and of harm and of karma, unrealized, karma means action, when there's a karma unrealized, it's like your undone homework assignment. You are not going to get a great grade. But more importantly, you are not going to understand what is at hand. You are not going to actually understand what has gone on before you in the past and be viable, alive, and resonantly present to face the future truthfully, even for your own deepest sake and for that which is universal or cosmic, and most certainly for the divine in another person and another person and another person. And we're, we're like an old Western American movie where people say, get out of town by sundown, and they're standing with pistols raised, ready to shoot each other. And we embody this right now in Russia. We embody it as geographical political threats, financial threats. One country says, I'm in this organization, but you can't be. I'll threaten you. We have an old European fairy tale told commonly through the United States, and someone says, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. Right? I'll destroy everything about you. A little child sits in bed listening to this. I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. And then I might ask, and then what will you do? And then who are you? So the peacemaker has generally been thought of as being foolish, poor, ineffective in terms of power, easily forgotten, betrayed, or killed if necessary. And yet the tree of life existing through the authentic peacemaker is eternal universal. The peacemaker imparts a seed that cannot be killed. You feel what that feels like when I even speak of this. That has no enemy. 
he or she or they are wishing for a universal principle to be realized. A critical mass of enough of us during our homework that we all go, oh, why not have clean water for all human beings? Why not care for the pure waters of the earth for all living creatures, including the trees and plants? How did we not know that before? What a great assignment rather than war. What a virtuous assignment rather than greed. Oh, I feel settling in my body a different direction as I face that assignment. What would the human race look like if that were our direction? Feeding the literal thirst of the tree and one's spouse and child and grandparent and one's neighbor. Even God through the water would show us the way home, right here in the current breath and body, just in relationship to grace moving through all water. Then we begin to face a direction within ourselves of the study of consciousness, rather than competition with one another, argument with one another. We, we are in a direction aligned. And we are studying why we are conceived and born. And we are studying the flow of life that is one. When this occurs, we might have a baby owl come to our bird bath in the evening or late at night. We might have a beautiful cardinal come. So often when we show up at an event, there's a cardinal in the tree in the back over by the chapel at my grandmother's home. A person who's very intellectual might say to me, they don't really believe the cardinal is there because of them, do they? And the ignorance in the person asking the question doesn't realize that they think they're the only person in the yard. I go, well, it's interesting that it's a cardinal and not a hawk, a blue jay, a sparrow. When it's happened to them a thousand times, and the person asking the question might think, well, maybe that's just because there are a lot of cardinals around. I might know, well, there are 10 times as many crows in Atlanta, a thousand times as many robins, sparrows, small songbirds. So part of it is the person's attention on the cardinal or the hawk. I was driving the other day with John and <clears throat> I had been told there was a nesting hawk in a very specific area near where we live and just as we came driving by I contemplated the hawk and thought wouldn't it be lovely to see him exactly as we came around the corner there up over this very very tall light pole it's about three stories tall over by a highway there came the hawk circling landed right in the very top of the pole into the nest where you couldn't see it I got to watch him flying in, circling, and there he landed, and we went off. The universal principle, the two of us driving as a couple, the blessed hawk, one 
yet the collective of the two of us, yet the tree of life in that blessed bird and his or her nest and nestlings and the grounds all around them, corporate buildings, highways, streets, and yet green, verdant terrain as well. How did this happen? Well, this is called the great mystery. Wakantanka, the name for the absolute, the source, the creator for God in the Northern Plains tribes. And we ask, well, that didn't happen because you came by. I go, it happened. It happened in the 30 seconds in one entire week that I came by that area. It doesn't necessarily have to do with me. And this is the challenge that I would ask you to face in yourself as an individual. People tend to say, what's your identity and, and who are you? And then we have a person come into an area and they say, I'm from northern Minnesota. These are my credentials. I'm going to be going working with Beth in the Alaskan bush. I brought all the right clothes. And then when I meet the person, I say, did you know it was going to be 80 degrees here in the interior in the summer? I didn't know. I brought all my ski equipment. I go, okay, well, did you know about the mosquitoes? I did not. I go, well, we need, you're going to need some long sleeve shirts because they're going to be everywhere. We're going to be jogging from one house to another. Really? I go, really? Really? So what are we working out together? How to live as a collective of three young women coming into an area that none of us had visited before. And what did we meet as soon as we landed and were left by the plane that took off and flew away? The great mystery. When the men came up to get us, the two women were angry. Why weren't you here? And one of them looked, I remember him looking with a kind of puzzled look at one of the women, like, what was she so disturbed about? They were coming to help her. But she was irritated. You know, a bear might have come. Why weren't you here? And he said, well, we waited to hear the plane take off and leave. They waited until it was time. And because they waited and knew somehow to pay attention to waiting, one of the most beautiful spiritual experiences of my life occurred. And the women were frightened and outraged by their experience of meeting the vastness of this incredibly beautiful natural terrain where humanity wasn't in control, paving and charging money for this and saying, I am here, you know, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. So what I'd like you to do in the dimensions of what we'll work on for this next three segments of the contemplations is to be present in your heart and soul and breath with being willing to invite the creator. I invite that great one. I invite the great mystery. However you call God, I invite God as father, mother, great one, Allah, Yahweh, something you won't even say because you hold it so sacrosanct, so sacred of the holy within your heart and soul. Or you have your own nuanced way in which you want to represent this. Or you are a secular humanist and you want to call it no personalized name. In Hinduism, this would be Vedantic. You go to a vast quality of that so that we might find that thou art that, you are that, I am that. Really, more correctly, you are of that, I am of that. How do we find that direction? 
So allow your free will to engage permission. May that great one, that holy of holies, that quality that is the universe, even if you just look at it scientifically, may that imbue my heart and soul with all that is. Everywhere and always, throughout the universe, so that that which is my portion, that which is of my identity, just blossoms as the seed of the tree of life it is. And then you'll find the innocence of you and who you are. And that is alive and good. That is good. That is true and pure and real and viable, living, able to live. And that identity will show you where you are going and where I am going so that we can bow to that quality of the creator in one another and allow the grace to flow in you and in me. And then when we meet, ah, at the seed of that in each of us, the seed of the great peace of heaven on earth is right before us, and we know our path everywhere and always.